Welcome to the Better Sundays podcast, focused, practical, and usable advice for church leaders looking to reach new young families and impact their community. Howdy, 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 and big time greetings from Mike Holmes here at our studio in Sinclair, Wyoming. So good to have you on board at the Better Sundays podcast. And of course, we're here to give you some of that, as we say, uh, focused, practical, and usable advice. You know, advice is a, is a big thing. Counsel and, you know, getting uh, coaching and that type of stuff, a very important thing in a person's life. And if you're a pastor or church leader and you're needing some extra input, uh, these podcasts, and of course, you know, dozens of other sources, books and things like that can be that good advice for you. If you're needing specific advice in reaching young families and kind of breaking that into that new mold, breaking the old mold and breaking into the new thing of like, hey, we got to start evangelizing our, our community a little better here. We're just not really getting anybody. If you're needing some help, we have a lot of churches that are using Using our stuff and using uh, signed up and using our online training and they use it for their own church. We call it the Reach Keep Academy and it is a coaching type of advice giving uh, product that we provide for you. We are here to help create flourishing churches and if we can help you with that that would be, uh, that's that's great. We love to do that, and it'd be my honor uh, to be able to help you with that. Uh, the Reach Keep Academy is open uh, just a few times a year for registration. Um, just kind of keep an eye out there, uh, and we'll uh, you'll see it, I'm sure, uh, when it's open again. Uh, everything's closed right now, but we will be taking some more enrollees and some trainees uh, coming up in the, in the near future. So, all right. Well, hey, welcome to the podcast here. We've been covering strategies, and uh, last week we kind of went through some more an in-depth uh, look into one particular church. Um, but today we're talking about this idea of should church be comfortable uh, or not, you know? And and so the 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 phrase, the little the little strategy phrase that we use here. And it was coined by a lady that actually did a lot of uh, janitorial work for us. And she did some setup and takedown. And uh, she helped out, I think, in our food ministry and did a little bit of uh, um, uh, helping with, uh, you know, kids and some of that stuff. Her husband has helped with her children's ministry. They have retired since and and uh, uh, moved away. Uh, but she came up with this phrase called removing the uneasy bug removing the uneasy bug. Now, I know that doesn't really flow off the lips very good like some of the other great strategies that we have, but we all need to do that. And her job was then, if she, if she worked in a church, she's always, when we'd have staff meetings, she'd go, boy, I think that would make someone uneasy. Let's let's see if we can fix this. Let's see if we can fix that. And and I'm going to go through and explain what I mean by that. We, we do understand that people can become uneasy in church if they've never attended church before. Um, or if you're, you're given the, the preaching and, and you're giving them the word of God and it makes them under conviction and it's painful and kind of bothering to them, that happens. And we don't want to remove that. In other words, we want people to make sure that, that they're being convicted by the Holy Spirit and, and they're responding. And we can't do anything about that. Um, I've had many times when I've spoke on a topic and someone is like, well, that was, you know, that was hurtful or painful or whatever. And, 
Uh, they've responded properly. I've had some respond improperly, uh, but they responded, uh, got things right with God, whatever, talked things through, and that was fine. What we're talking about here is the uneasy bug that has to do more with the physical nature of the church or the way that we act or the way our people act some things along that line, and we need to remove those uneasy bugs. In other words, like if your your building is 50 degrees, people aren't going to be comfortable, okay? If you don't have a drinking fountain or any water for them, they're not going to be comfortable. If you don't have a nursery and kids are crying during the whole service, you know, th- there's going to be a, a, a level of discomfort. So we want to remove the uneasy bug, and we want to make sure that we 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 are not caustic in any way with our teaching or our preaching. Uh, you can be strong and you can be firm, okay? But we want to make sure that people aren't offended over little things that could be preventable uh, in the sense of the their, uh, some of the physical things going on. So let me just give you a few of these practical things. We'd like to give you some things you can use uh, by next Sunday. Um, the first one here is what I would just call creature comforts. It's it's sort of removing that. Make sure that people can, you know, again, signage, find your bathrooms, you know, uh, the building is warm enough, the pads, uh, padded pews or nice chairs or, you know, they're, they're, face in the right way and you know things aren't uncomfortable um all all of that kind of stuff i think that kind of goes without saying but it can take some extra special attention uh to 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 make sure that things are are good we get kind of used to things Uh, i was at church where once where the behind the pulpit off to one side was a couple really bright lights kind of these like wall sconces and i don't think the pastor had any idea because he never sat in the pew and looked at himself but if you were sitting at a, a certain way you were actually staring at a extremely bright light for a, for the whole sermon and it was like all we need to do is kind of put in some you know this is some bulbs that weren't quite that way think about all that stuff go through that stuff and make sure that you're not in some way creating a level of un- uneasiness. Uh, the second one that, that I want to give you is sort of this idea of removing ambiguity. So people kind of know what's going on. A signage, again, would fall into this. Uh, service times. I, I often stand up and say, uh, good morning, good to have you here. Welcome to the church. My name is, and I, I introduce myself because some people just don't know who the lead pastor is. I sat in a church once, the entire sermon, a guy was up there preaching, and I, I was just visiting with my family uh, out of town, a good church. A guy preached the whole time at the very end of the sermon he said and, and it's so good to have our pastor who just came back from vacation late last night and he asked me to preach and he pointed out the pastor in the front row and it's like the whole time I thought the he the guy preaching was the pastor and it was sort of like an awkward thing he never introduced himself I didn't know who he was but introduce yourself to say hey we have a service that lasts about an hour long um but you know bathrooms are back here you know you know if you if you'd like to have refreshments yes you can or no you can't I mean just let people know uh, make sure that everyone got a bulletin and, you know, that they're, uh, you know, informed. Informed people are happy people. And when they're not informed, they just don't know what's going on. There's sort of that ambiguity there. Um, you know, again, this introduction of yourself. Make sure your sermon is not wandering all over the place and really well thought out. And I, I just uh, go through this over and over. But our sermons need to be just, uh, you know, they need to be coordinated with the notes or if you're using some other illustrations that they 
they all kind of tie together. So just re- that's something really to, to work on. An- another kind of annoying type thing that you can really annoy people with is uh, rituals that your church does that, that you don't announce. You just do them all the time. And I will give you an example of this. I, I've, I have been uh, a few times to a Roman Catholic church for a funeral uh, or something special like that. And they are always getting up and sitting down and kneeling and starting off in some prayer. And they don't announce that. You're just supposed to know that stuff. It was uncomfortable. Okay. I'm, I'm not comfortable with their doctrine in the first place. And that just made it even worse that, that all of a sudden everyone was kneeling. It's like, all right, I'm a guest. Am I supposed to kneel? Do I, do I have to kneel? I'm not sure. You know, I mean, it was sort of, no one even talked about it. I was actually a speaker at a church once where uh, they had a, a ritual of whenever the pastor would read the opening scripture, they would stand in reverence to the Bible. I, not a bad thing. I mean, I, you know, standing in reverence. They didn't stand for every scripture, just the first one, when he would read like a text. So I was a guest speaker. And so I'm standing up there and I said, well, open your Bibles too. And all of a sudden people start standing up all over the place. It's like, what, are they leaving or what's going on? And I, I realized that they had this uh, tradition. And I said, well, let's go ahead and stand and I'll read the scripture. And then they all, I prayed, and then they all sat down and I went on with my message. But that was uneasy to me as the speaker. Imagine what it'd be like if you're just sitting there as a guest and all of a sudden the people right next to you stand up and they never, no one ever told them to stand up. It's like, this is an uneasy thing. So the way that you do all that is you say, in a moment, we're going to stand for the reading of the word of God. In a moment, we're going to bow our heads and say the Lord's prayer out loud together. You know, in a moment, we're going to, you know, shake hands and greet one another, etc. So you just kind of give a little bit of announcement there, but that will help remove that uneasy bug. And a lot of that is leadership. And we get so used to things that we have to really think it through uh, to make sure that uh, we don't do that. Uh, the last one would be kind of the idea of there can be, as a, as a first-time guest comes into a church, there can be moments that are somewhat embarrassing or uncomfortable to them in a personal sense. They may not know who you are, as I mentioned this before. Please introduce yourself. Hi, my name's Mike. I'm the pastor of the church here, you know, or my name's pastor so-and-so, How, whatever your title is, you know, do that. Um, we use name tags uh, from time to time. About once a month, we do name tags. That helps people go, oh, I sat next to that person. I talked to them three times and I can't remember what their name is. Uh, that helps. Okay. So any type of a thing that would remove embarrassment or allow people to kind of uh, kind of gather relationally, uh, that helps on things. Um, I have been in churches before where the pastor is like, everybody's there, they know everybody, and you have a first-time visitor, and the pastor says, well, hey, good to have first-time visitors here. I met you. I think you're from Alabama, you said. Why don't you stand and introduce yourself? Well, I'll tell you what, one of the number one fears in America is standing and in, in speaking in front of a public. People don't want to stand and introduce themselves. So be careful about that kind of stuff. Even being pointed out like, hey, I met these folks from Alabama. Good to have the Smiths here, blah, blah, blah. Even if you've memorized their names, that's great. But be careful about introducing and some of that stuff. A lot of people come to church with the the idea of being kind of anonymous the first few times they visit a church, and they don't necessarily want to be pointed out. So um, that is something to be careful about. Another area that can be embarrassing, uh, and this is especially for a lady, and I'll, I'll kind of tell you where we stand on some of this, uh, but churches can have sort of unwritten dress codes if you're not careful, okay? We, we end up with, you know, the guys 
wear certain things and the gals wear certain things. And when someone comes in not dressed that way, they can stand out. Now, I am not at all against you dressing up and looking nice for church. That is fine. You can wear a coat. You can wear a tie. You can wear, uh, you know, things for guys. Uh, ladies can wear, you know, dresses or skirts all the time. That's not a problem. But if you do, be aware that if some a lady comes in in a pair of slacks, she will feel uncomfortable. Now, you might, some people are like, well, bless God, she ought to feel uncomfortable. She's not, you know, don't go there. Okay. The, the better thing to do is if there is a, a strong dress code, and if you have that, and I'm not against that, that's fine. Make sure that you make up for it by just by overwhelming love and acceptance of the person. So if a, if a woman were to come in, you make sure that your ladies are, you know, good to have you here. So glad. Tell me your children's names again. Da, da, da. And, you know, just kind of loving on that person, especially if they have kids. People love people who love kids, and you can be snubbed in one way or feel kind of uncomfortable in one way because of the dress thing, but if you are well-loved and you are accepted and, and people shake your hand, talk to you, and greet you in a in a fervent, genuine, and, and not, you know, overboard on that either, uh, but just love them in a great way, then it, that is, uh, that will overcome all of that. Okay, it absolutely will. We had a, a lady came to church last week for the first time. She's fresh out of prison, and she's a local girl, and most people know that she's fresh out of prison. And, you know, you just can't say, well, hey, I haven't seen you in a while. Where you been? You know, uh, it's not, you, you got to be careful. You don't do that. And so she was just loved, and, and it was just a wonderful experience for our church to love on this lady and be a blessing to her and do everything we could to remove the uneasy bug. You, that's what you want to do is you just want to remove that. So um, sometimes there's going to be people that will say, hey, I'm never going back to your church. Just make sure it's not because of something that is easily preventable. I had a guy uh, several years ago, a guy visited about six weeks in a row. And I saw him in the grocery store later that week, and he said, hey, Pastor Mike, how you doing? And, you know, we're friends, and it was nice to talk to him. I had invited him and his wife to church, and and um, he had shown up, like say, for about six weeks in a row. We had a nice little chit-chat in the grocery store, and then he said, oh, by the way, i just let you know, I'll never be back to your church. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> and he kind of backed up right away, and he said, I'm sorry, the reason I'll never return to your church is not because of you, Pastor. It's because of the guy, and he rattled off a guy's name. And it was a small town, Hatfield and McCoy's kind of a problem that was his problem, not my problem. And he hasn't been back to this day. Now, I've tried to minister to him, and I've prayed with him when his uh, children have had some issues in town, and I've tried to, but he's still not back. That's his issue. I don't, if people don't come to back to my church because of Hatfields and McCoys and because they're under conviction, that is their problem, not mine. But if they don't come because of some very simple things that I could have taken care of, then I, I feel like I need to take that into my heart and I need to do everything I can to remove the uneasy bug. I want to not have uneasy things there um, because, you know, the, you know, the, they didn't, there wasn't any water to drink or there wasn't this or it was too cold or the music was too loud or, you know, et cetera, et cetera. You've got to do everything you can 
uh, in that thing to be hospitable is where where I'm going. So if you need some advice on this, you need some more things on this, want to talk, um, again, those that jump on our Reach Cape Academy, you know how to get in touch with me. Uh, we have a, a calendar app that we click on and it shows you where my uh, open hours are on uh, Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays when we do most of our uh, phone consultation, consultation and coaching type of thing. Um, if you've uh, never been involved in any type of coaching, or whatever, uh, maybe the Reach Keep Academy is something for you. So, but anyway, for now, this is Mike at uh, Sinclair Baptist, and just so good to have you here at the Reach Keep uh, podcast that we're doing, the one called the Better Sundays. And uh, you can always find this at bettersundays.com, and you can always share this if you found this to be helpful. I appreciate it if you click a little share button in one way or another, or email it off to somebody and uh, send this off. But for now, God bless you. Make sure that you do everything you can to remove uh, the uneasy bug, and you have yourself a great Lord's Day. God bless.